this is F1 Indie Girls with Soraya and Sherelle. We are two girls who love Formula One and IndyCar. Let's get right into our Alfa Romeo and Haas season recap. Before we start, we are going to let you know we are coming back from a four-day weekend trip where we literally were like, go, go, go. So we are completely dead. I think both of us could use a whole day of sleeping. <laughs> Probably. We've also been in the car, so we're very tired from that, too. Um, and this one we're going to split up a little bit differently just because there's a lot of information here. And Sherelle would be talking, like, a good solid 90% of Just because most of our stuff is in history. Yeah. And I have, like, nothing to talk about for season recap, so we're going to split it up a little bit differently. And so you'll get to hear more of me explaining history, which probably won't be as exciting as Sherelle because she has her own way of doing it. But we also have exciting news. Um, testing is this weekend in Bahrain, which means you get to see cars we get to back see on track. Cars on the track. I mean, I don't really watch testing a whole lot. I more of just like kind of pay attention to it and what they put out. Just because I'm like, see, well, actually, it starts Wednesday, doesn't it? It starts like the day it comes out, doesn't it? No, I don't think so. Like, almost 90%. Okay, so it does start. It starts tomorrow <laughs> or today if you're listening. So. Well, they will be listening yeah. to it <laughs> today, but for us, it's tomorrow. Yes. Uh, then I 100% will not be watching it because, um, I have school tomorrow. See, that's what I was going to say. I Friday. work tomorrow and Thursday, but Friday I might try to get a little bit, and I'll probably keep an eye on times and stuff and see how things are I'll going look at throughout the, end. the day. I'll look at the results and what the team put out, but I'm, I, I won't even go back and watch it. If yeah. I'm being 100%. I'll probably watch some on Friday when I'm off of work. Um, other than that, we have some other news. Um, so David Malukas had surgery after his biking accident. And we are hoping that he will be able to heal quickly and have a speedy recovery. Um, but it looks like he will not be back on track at St. Pete. And so, Eric McLaren hasn't confirmed who they're putting in that car yet. Um, they do have someone testing in the car, obviously, because David can't be there. But they have not said who will be driving that first race for them. I would assume that whoever is testing will be driving. Yeah, probably. By assumption. And but it's the same they thing did not like confirm it. <laughs> oh. No, because <laughs> it's a sporting team. Of course, they're not going to. They're being Del Coin, and Del Coin won't even tell who their freaking drivers are. <laughs> but just like Rossi said, whoever is testing is probably going to be driving. Yes. So I would assume whoever is testing for in replace of David will be driving. Yes. Same with Del Coin. Whoever we see testing in the car will be driving. And if they aren't, then I feel like that was very stupid. Yes. Anyways. Um, we've also had some, obviously, car launches since we last had our last recorded. podcast. Yes, that was like our last recording. 
So I want to know what your thoughts are on. So we had Mercedes, McLaren, and Red Bull launch their cars. What are your thoughts on them? I love Mercedes. Um, very controversy opinion here. I like the silver. I'm very much like, I think it's different because a lot of the cars start to go more towards the black and have a lot of the carbon fiber. And so I really like when the cars add color to it. I know it costs like, it really doesn't cost that much more, but I really like the silver. I think it's just kind of something different. Um, so when they did black and silver, I was like, this looks nice. McLaren, we already knew what it looked like. So they just launched what their car looks like. Looks, I mean, I'm sure you could get into the technical side and I, at the moment, can't think of all the technical things that they did different with their car this year. But I've already put my opinion out that the McLaren car looks amazing. I love it. I'm a McLaren fan. They could do anything with their car and I'm pretty sure I would love it. Red Bull, is there really anything to say? except their livery is the same and they went a lot towards the zero pod zero side pod um look and changed a lot um of their stuff technically which i think is going to be interesting to see how it works because mercedes tried the no side pod and failed miserably so i think it'll be very interesting to see how that works with them really taking a little bit off. But, uh, I, that's pretty much all. Red Bull's the same. Expected it to be the same livery. They haven't changed it in uh, over 10 years. I think it's been the same livery for over 10 years, so it doesn't surprise me that it hasn't changed. And I'll be surprised when it changes. But I don't see it changing for a very long time. Okay. My thoughts. I am glad that Mercedes went with the silver and black. I am not a fan of the all silver car. <laughs> um, but I do think it looks good with the black. So, I like it. It was a good mix um, between the two. Um, McLaren, like you said, we already knew what the livery looks like. Um... And I could not tell you all the, you know, little things they changed with the car. Um, I mean, I could if I, like... If I spent a lot of time looking at it. But I honestly haven't looked at it all I that looked much at it and I knew just it. Just because I've been But it's busy. been so long since I looked at it that I'm yeah, just like... I'm like, I can't tell you all the little differences. I need a side-by-side. -side. Um, Red Bull, I did not need a side-by-side -side to see the differences there. Mm -mm. Um, they have obviously exact same livery. But the car itself looks very different. Um, does have kind of an interesting look to it. Um, and there have been kind of rumors going around that... Because obviously there are changes in their side pod. But there is rumors that in Bahrain... Not Bahrain. In Japan, they will go towards like even less side pods even more towards that zero side pod with their updates and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, yeah. Now I guess we can go into 
the we're going to start with the history of Alfa Romeo or Seik F1 team. Whatever well, at this you moment, call they're it. still Alfa Romeo because it's well, technically, now they're Seik, but, but their history is of Alfa Romeo. The history is, but yes, it's the Italia. team's history, so yeah. we're going to say. Um, they go back to 1993, and when I, cause I had looked this up on our way home, cause Sherelle was driving, I forgot that they went back this far, cause I was like, oh, I knew of like the early 2000s, but I didn't know of like the early 90s, early to mid 90s, but they managed a scoring finish in their first Grand Prix with JJ... I'm just going to say Leto, that's how I would say it, taking fifth in South Africa. Also, I totally forgot that they raced in South Africa back in the day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful track, by the way. I looked it up. And they ended up the season with being sixth in the Constructors' Championship with 12 points. They, in 1995, they achieved their first podium with Heinz Harold's Fretzen. And they had um, finished third at Monza. And then in 1996, Johnny Herbert got a third for the team at the Monaco Grand Prix. And his teammate, Heinz Harolds Fredson, took fourth. Overall, the team finished seventh in the Constructors' Championship. Um, and then in 1997... Johnny got their um, the best for performance of the season, um, which was third in the Hungarian Hungarian Grand Prix. In two thousand, they finished eight in the constructors' championship with only six points, and the highest finishes were fifth places. Were two fifth places. In two thousand one, the team's best ever season with fourth place in the Constructors' Championship. 2002, they had 11 points, which was enough to give the team a fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. And the best um, result of the season was a fourth and fifth in the Spanish Grand Prix. 2003, it was a difficult season for them. They had five points. Or they had points at only five of the races, which were ended up being mostly um, wet races. Um, and then they also ended up having a team lead in a Grand Prix for the first time. And they ended the Constructors' Championship in sixth place. And then after that season, both of the teams left. Um, they had a major wind tunnel and the investment pays off handsomely with impressively consistent season, scoring 12, scoring points in 12 races to finish a lonely sixth in the constructors. And they signed the former champion, uh, how would you say his last name though? Um, Villeneuve. Yeah. That name. name. For 2025. And then in June in 2020, 2025, 2005, we're just skipping way into the future here. Um, 
Peter Sauber announces that he is going to step down as team principal after negotiating a takeover by BMW for 2026. I don't know what is it, what is up with me wanting to say 2006. Anyways, in 2006, they got fifth in the standings um, in their first campaign under BMW control. Despite early viability issues and problems, everything. And then, let's see, they parted ways with, I don't even know, how do you say his name again? Chuck Villeneuve. Yeah, I'm not even going to try pronouncing names today. Mid-season and replaced with Robert Kubica scoring an Italian podium and matching his teammate. Um... In 2007, they, from the outside, occupied the best of the rest slot behind Ferrari and McLaren, scoring in all 17 races, including two podiums. So that was a very good season for them. And despite a brutal accident in Canada, Kubica also records several strong finishes. So he was able to kind of have a comeback, come back after he um, had a crash. And then in 2008, their engine um, proved that they could be highly effective, powering Robert Kubica to the team's first win in Canada and turning them into um, title uh, contenders with podiums at nine other races and then late season development developments were less effective but they still finished third with an impressive 135 points which has been one of their best finishes in a while and then in 2009 f1 brought in some new regulations to the sport and they were very slow to adjust and they didn't have very many Podiums, they only had podiums in Malaysia and Brazil, and they ended up dropping to sixth in the standings, and BMW announced that they will withdraw from Formula One at the end of the season in November, selling the team back to the founder, Peter Sauber, so they become Sauber again back in 2010. And then in 2010, they had Ferrari-powered engines, and they reliability reliability of those engines right off the bat just kind of disappoints them and their long-term technical director willie ramph was replaced by james key and from x force india and then since then their performance gradually improves with the regular top 10 appearances and nick Headfield replaces uh, Pedro de Lavras Rosa mm -hmm. for the final five rounds. And then in 2011, they had a strong first half of the season um, from Kobe, I don't even know how to say it. Kobayashi. Kobayashi and Perez with regular Q3 
presences from and top 10 finishes. Prez misses the Monaco Grand Prix qualifying after a crash and then sits out in Canada where Pedro de la Rosa steps in and it was a difficult end to, I think I meant to say end of the year, but Perez and Kabasha stay for 20, 2012. 2012, the season starts really well. Perez earning some podiums in, so he was kind of had a better comeback um, towards the beginning of the season. And they ended up having some later podiums in the season. So overall, that was a pretty good season for them. In 2013, um, they decided to have, at like the car launches and everything, they had a unique narrow side pod design. But just like we saw with Mercedes, it initially fails to live up to the expectations, and so things had to change. Um, but when during mid-season tire renovations with Hulkenberg, qualifying third and finishing fifth in Italy as the team scores 50 of 57 season points in the last eight rounds. Um, 2014 um, was the worst season in team's history. They ended the season with zero points. Despite all the efforts of um, the team, they just didn't have it. Was, I think that's just very sad to me. Uh, and then in 2015, they recovered and they were back to being eighth in the standings where their rookie driver, Felipe Massar, proves um, a revel. Revelation is that? I think that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. His partnership with Marcus Erickson got points at nine of the season's 19 rounds. I was very happy that to read Marcus. I forgot Marcus raced for Alfa Romeo. Also, I guess it was Sauber back then, but I was made me kind of happy when I read that because I like Marcus. In 2016, with the lack of the funding in the first part of the season. It left them with limited development, leaving the team off the pace from the other teams. And then things started to improve after the mid-season arrival of some new owners. And Felipe Nassar scores only two points, so not the best. Um, and then in 2017, another tough campaign ends, which is five championship points. However, the mid-season arrival of Frederick, I can, how do you say his last name? Vassar? Vassar. As the team principal, followed by an Alfa Romeo title sponsorship deal for 2017, plus the signing of Ferrari's protege, Charles Leclerc. So he joins. And then in 2018, the team principal, uh, Fred, steers them into a rapid upward path and the rookie star Charles Leclerc who ended up scoring 39 of their 48 points kind of brought them back up a little bit 
2019, progress begins to slow, becoming frustrate, frustratingly inconsistent, even with the experienced Kimi Raikkonen at the wheel. Nevertheless, they still ended up staying P8 in the standings with 22 of their 57 points coming from the season, the season's um, round in Brazil, so that's, which was interesting. 2020, um, another season of infrequent highs. Both, score, both cars scoring points at their home race in, of Imola and both making it into Q3 in Turkey. And again, only ending up in P8 overall. And Kimi and uh, Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi only had eight points between them at the end of the season. 2000 or 2021, mixing my years up here once again, they fall back down to ninth behind Williams. And they ha- only had 13 points at the end of the season, 10 of those scored by Kimi Raikkonen, who at the end of the season, um, retired, and they prepared an all-new lineup of an ex-Mercedes racer, Valtteri Bottas, and the Chinese newcomer, Zhou Wanyu, for 2022. And then in 2022, they came up three places with Valtteri's um, (coughs) bringing up the team um, and becoming that team leader role and uh, the rookie Zhou on you um, definitely like I guess you could say earned his place there and they made headlines in late season with the news that the team will become Audi in 2026 and that leads us to 2023 okay so for our season recap of 2023 um, it was their final season competing under the Alfa Romeo um, moniker. Kind of a disappointing one. Um, they dropped to ninth overall in the constructors. Um, their best results were P8 for Valtteri in Bahrain and Qatar. Um, so Bottas finished in 15th with 10 points. And Joe finished 17th with six points. Um, Joe had one fastest lap in the season opener in Bahrain. Um, Which I think everyone was kind of surprised about. Yeah. And then, let's see. So, out of our... Did it end up being 22 races? Because kind of being taken out. 22, yeah. 23, whatever. I think it's 22. It was 22. So... Um, Bottas finished higher in the race 13 of those 22 times, and then obviously Joe 9 of the 22. Um, Bottas qualified higher than Joe 16 times, with Joe qualifying higher 6 times. Um, Let's see. Bottas had 4 point finishes. Joe had 3. Um... Valtteri's best race finish was 8th, and Joe's was ninth. Um, Bottas' highest qualifying position was 7th, 
and Joe was fifth. Um, and then they each had three DNFs. That's kind of their season recap. Um, very short. Very short. Not a whole lot to say. Like but then a whole lot for these last. Yeah, teams. it was like these last few teams. When they're at the back, it's a lot harder to, you know, go over their season. Um, so, but we have the ranking of the drivers and team, as always. I can't remember who went first last time. Do you want to start us off this time? <sighs> yes, I can. Um, I am going to give... Bottas probably like a five and a half. Um, I feel like he, given the circumstances of the season, I feel like he did pretty good. Um, not like outstanding to where I'm like, oh wow, Bottas really impressed me, but he did. Pretty good. He had, you know, good races. He's not in one of the best cars, so I can't be like, wow, he wasn't in the top 10 on the time. But given the car that he's in and given the circumstances of everything, I feel like he did really good. He, you know, put that Alfa Romeo where it needs to be put, and he's a good driver overall. Um, Joe, not super impressed with show this year. I feel like he definitely did a lot better in 2022 than he did this year. And so I feel like I'm going to give him like a four, three and a half, four. I just feel like he could have done a little bit better. Um, I feel like he was just kind of more towards the back than his teammate was. Um, of course, he did have his good moments and everything, but I definitely feel like he could have been just a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Um, but yet again, this was only his second year, so I feel like for how young he is, like how inexperienced I guess he is, I feel like he's still a really good driver. Team overall, I don't really have a whole lot to say for them. Um, but I'm gonna give them like a. I feel like they were just kind of towards the back constantly. They just didn't really. I feel like their car just wasn't really done very well. And so I'm giving them like a three, four, three or four. I just feel like it's just. Like, I know Alpha Male, they're just constantly towards the back in general since they have been Sauber, BMW, you know, they're just always at the back, but I just haven't, was, I was more impressed with them in 2022 than I was this year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just because I'm too tired to, like, really think about it, but I was just going to give them all, like, a four and a half. <laughs> Driver's team. Just kind of, like, I feel like there just wasn't, that's kind of being, like, lenient. I just feel like it was just kind of a eh year for him. The was- car wasn't great. Nothing was really great, like. Except for the beginning race. Yeah, they got a fastest lap. They got the fastest lap. Towards the end. It was just kind of like a, 
eh, like nothing really stood out. Um, I feel like it was just kind of a, a year, you know. And sometimes it's that way. Like I think they're both great drivers, but it just there wasn't anything really stand out about it. Same with the team. I they've had good moments, but this year was not it, and so uh, just kind of a uh, eh, year. Just gonna keep it nice and simple. Leave it at that. So that leads us into halves. So we'll start with their history, do their season recap, and rank them. So half joined. We got them come came in. And they came in in 2016. Um. So they start with some experienced drivers. Um, for their first season, they got Roman Grosjean, who was a ten-time podium finisher with Lotus, and then they got former Sauber racer and Ferrari tester Esteban Gutierrez. Um, and it just kind of all came together for them. Um, Grosjean finishing sixth and fifth um, in the team's first two races, and then going on to score a further three times to put them a highly respectable eighth in the final constructors. Um, best debut of any new team this century. So, you know, a good first season for the team, um, considering, you know, new team coming in. Um, and going to 2017, Roman Grosjean pairs up with a new teammate, um, <laughs> in the form of Feisty Dane, Kevin Magnuson. That's what he was called. Yeah. He's, like, when he first was starting to race, they called feisty him the Feisty Dane. Dane. Yeah. Which I never knew until I looked into their history. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways. Um, well, I was going to say some of the other drivers have things that they were called to, but, um, <laughs> pass proofs that their maiden campaign was no flash ash in the pan. <laughs> um, they scored 47 points, 18 more than they had in 2016, and they kept 8th place in the standings. That's what... Don't ask me what that means. <laughs> You're the one that wrote it! No... Okay. Okay, you took it from me. I took it from the website because this one... I was like, I don't, don't feel know. like reading this. I I think we're all a little bit tired. Home. So, F1... It came from F1's website, so. So if it doesn't make sense, it's not my fault. And I also, I haven't looked through this before right now, so I'm like, <laughs> okay. I was too tired to care. So, then going into 2018, um, their progress continues with a move up to fifth in the final standings. Um, it could have been fourth were it not for unnecessary errors. Like, botched pitch stops for both of the cars in Australia, um, which robbed them of one of their best ever race results. Um, while a fuel infringement and an illegal floor led to disqualification in the U.S. and Italy, respectively. And, but very promising nonetheless, despite, you know, their issues. Then, going into 2019, <laughs> their... Past fairy tales hit a little bump, and 
sorry. Don't make me laugh. I'm sorry. Kind of, you know, a little bump in the road. They struggle to get the handle of the car. It's the Hoss fairy tale for me. <laughs> they fall back to eighth in the standings with Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnuson amassing a meager 28 points between them. So just sad. remember not to smash somebody's door. <laughs> I don't remember what year that was, but I had to throw um, it. It was either, I think it was 2020 or 2020. It was 2020 um, or 2019. But he I was goes, like, it was one of them. <laughs> where Gunther was like, you don't. He didn't even say the actual word because of his, like, his accent. accent. But he was, like, trying to say, don't, you don't F smash my door to Kevin. Yeah, but, but it didn't come out that I can't even remember. I was like, I don't remember what year it was. But we had to throw it in there somewhere. I think it was 2020. I do, too. Now that I think about it. But 2020, they continue um, to drop. This time, they dropped a P9. They scored just three points. Um, in the final year of the team's Grosjean Magnuson era, um, the season ends in a dramatic fashion for them. As obviously, Roman Grosjean miraculously walks away from a very fiery high speed crash in Bahrain. Um, I literally got chills. Literal chills for you saying that. It brings back so many memories that I just don't like to relive. Thinking this F1 driver that I was cheering because he was from the back. You know, like one of the back teams cheering him on because I was new to Formula One. And then I see him crash and I was like, he's 100% dying. Like, he's not walking out of that. Who walks out of that? To see him walk out of that. And it just brings back to me, like, gave me chills. And, mm-hmm. Ugh. Then going into 2021, we got an all-new driver lineup with two rookies. Who does this? First time ever they've had rookies, I just realized. Mm -hmm. And they obviously do not know how to treat rookies, I think. As we saw. So, 2021, they end the year without a single point, opting to focus on 2022 car rather than in-season development of the 2021 car. Um, so, Mick Schumacher um, does definitely dominate over his teammate, Nikita Mazaspin, as we like to call him. Mazapin. It's Mazaspin. Correct name. I will call him Madison, and you know you do too. Um, Did you hear that he might come back? He wants to come back. Will he come back? I don't know, but there are rumors. I have never seen those. You haven't? No, I have absolutely not seen those. I've seen him saying he wants to come back. It's a lot. It's on a lot of the uh, like F one meme rumors things that you see okay well those are memes but like one of them there's a lot of like rumors from a lot of people but yeah but i would yeah i don't see him coming back unless somebody really needs the money um does he want to come back yes everyone wants to come back yeah um their best result was a 12th place finish in hungary 
by Schumacher. Yes. Going into 2022, we have the return of former driver Kevin Magnuson, um, who was called up pretty last minute for that um, seat. He wasn't supposed to be driving. As they were originally going to continue with Madison. Um, Which I don't know. But that's a just... whole another story. Didn't keep Schumacher when he did so much better than Mazespin because Mazespin cost them more money than Schumacher and yet they chose to keep him. But, I mean, we're not there yet. We still that Schumacher in 2022. Um, but he brings a stunning P5 result at Bahrain. Um, got a very good Viking comeback. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know that's what he said. That is what he said, but I may not <laughs> um, agree with it. Hey, but P5 and a half is pretty good. Um, and then he got his maiden pole position at a rain hit in Trilados in November. Um, they score a much improved 37 points in total, lifting them to P8 in the final standings. Which then gets us into our 2023 season. Where they brought in Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. Um, and they, despite all their struggles, and despite never making it into Q3, they ended up being 10 in the standings. Um, not a very good season. Hulkenberg finished 19th with 9 points. Magnussen finished 19th with 3 points. And... Wow, this looks oddly familiar. Um, Hulkenberg... Um, had 13 better races than his teammate Kevin Magnussen, who had nine. Hulkenberg outqualified his teammate 15 times, um, where Magnussen only um, outqualified seven times. Excuse me. Hulkenberg had one point finish, where Kevin had three point finishes. Best race finish for Hulkenberg was seventh. Best race finish for Magnussen was 10th. The highest grid position for Hulkenberg was 5. Highest grid position for Kevin was 4th. Hulkenberg had 2 DNFs where Kevin had 5 DNFs. Not the worst season Haas has had. Also not the best. Um, I will say that. Your turn. I'm breaking this. We're just going to do it this way again. <laughs> I'm going to say four across the board. That's just so generous. Again, I know. I'm, I'm being nice. So I may be too tired to really think about what happened this year. <laughs> well, maybe get... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> My cat attacks right, on accident. <laughs> Um, the thing is, is like Honey was trying to climb up this way. I know. And the other cat came this. I'm just gonna die in this on this. Um, I mean, really, they probably deserve a little bit lower, but I'm gonna be nice. 
nice because I'm tired. And so we're going to give him, okay, maybe we'll say three and a half. It was just kind of, yeah. <laughs> not a good year. Did you two stop? I love that they're like, oh, yeah, you know. It was, I feel like everybody made such a big deal about how well Hulkenberg did and stuff. But I was like, um, he's not really doing that much, but like. But you have to think about this. Hulkenberg comes back from not racing in years. Okay, that is true. So, yes, I do think he did good for not racing in years. That is and true. given the circumstances of his car, like, he's in a Haas. Like, you can't expect him to be I will, winning. I will give you that. But I just feel like it was like a, eh. You know. <laughs> I might be too tired to really think about this. Yes, you are. <laughs> We're just... I'm gonna... I'm not as tired. I don't know why. I feel like I have a boost of energy. I also was driving the whole time. <laughs> True. But I think you got more sleep this weekend than I did. Mm, I woke up earlier than you every morning. I went to bed later than you did. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> I was on my phone as well. <laughs> as we literally <laughs> sent each other stuff. <laughs> after we... You don't know what time I went to bed. I'm, knowing you... I'm pretty sure I went to bed later than you did. Um, <laughs> I also woke up earlier. Some sometimes, yes. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure almost every day. Even that day, I didn't come out till way later. I had been up since like seven o'clock that morning. I was up and I was in and out of sleep. Anyways, um, I'm not gonna be generous. I'm being truthful here. I'm in my truthful stage of tiredness. Um. Overall, not gonna lie, I'm giving him a solid two. Haas was such a disappointment this year. I feel like they just had car troubles after car troubles. After under car troubles after you were already mad at them for getting rid of Nick. <laughs> well, yeah, they got rid of Nick. <laughs> I think that was the most stupidest. Uh, anyways, we won't get into that. I love Nick. <laughs> I am such a Mick Schumacher fan. And they got rid of him because. He wasn't performing well, like his dad. That is the most stupidest excuse I have ever they heard. He said he cost them too much money, and because they're a small team, they didn't couldn't afford it. But also because he wasn't performing like his dad. Well, I don't even know. They didn't expect the same level as his dad, but they but just they, wanted more than they wanted than he gave them. But he's also he was a rookie. Yeah. I just feel like they didn't I feel like he was showing chance. improvement. He was. I just feel like they didn't give him the chance that he needed. Yeah. Which because you had him teammates with a rookie his first year. Which was you had also two rookies stupid. together. I, I yeah. I was like, don't ever put two rookies stupid. together. Like, if you're gonna bring in two, a rookie, bring have in an experienced, experienced driver, driver so yeah. the experienced driver can teach the rookie. Then get rid of that experienced driver after you feel like the other driver is confident. Then you bring in another rookie. I feel like everyone was like, what is Haas doing when they brought in two, exp two rookies? But this season, solid two. I just, I feel like they had such a good year in 2022 compared to 2023. And I just feel like this was just like a what the heck are you doing type of year. You had so many car troubles, so many DNFs. That it was just like, I just wasn't impressed. Kevin Magnuson, also sell three. 
He had so many DNFs. He was just, I feel like, all the time underperforming his teammate. And, ow! <laughs> Rascal thinks my hair is a toy. And after having Kevin Magnuson, who, um... <laughs> little head bop from behind the couch anyways um after having nika holkenberg who has not raced in a while to just completely like underperform your teammate who you've been racing a lot more recent i feel like it's just very disappointment for magnuson holkenberg solid four four and a half i feel like giving him the a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of not having raced for several years and coming back and doing what he did this season. I feel like he did pretty good. And I, yeah, that's that. Um, Next week, we are doing our predictions for the... 2024 IndyCar season and 2024 um, F1 season. I haven't talked to Sherelle about this, but for IndyCar, I'm thinking we'll do um, normal season predictions, but then also do a prediction of the Indy 500 because I feel like that is almost like a whole season in itself yes. <laughs> with how big the Indy 500 is. So we'll have two separate predictions for them and then we'll do um f1 predictions we haven't completely decided how we're going to do them as we as we haven't said a single word to each other about how we're going to do it so we will it'll be a surprise on how we do our predictions um i don't know if there's anything else that is needed to say um if you want to compete this has been a big thing. If you want to compete against us in um, F1 Fantasy, go join. Um, we don't have our, our own league. Should we make a grid rival league? We could. Neither of us know what we're doing. This is the first season either one of us have done it. I have just not really cared to do it, I guess I could say. Um, but we totally could do it on grid. Or they could just come compete against us in... Mm -hmm. F1 Carolina or F1 Jordans or Pitling Twins. Yep, there's plenty of options. Um, totally do it. Um, we'll let you know next week if we decide to do an F1 grid mm -hmm. rival thingy. Um, but join us next week. Sorry if this podcast was a little boring. We apologize. I apologize. Really. It's... I'm just tired, so. Trail's done. <laughs> I have my second wind right now. See, I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get in bed. I gotta get up here for work. I mean, I have to get up at school, but I love to get up as early as you do. Mm -hmm. But this has been F1 Indie Girls, and I'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.